Heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. Heroes, this week I suspect we might have a few new people joining our audience, so I want to take a moment at the top of the show to point out that One Shot is a podcast where we play role-playing games, which are games that help players improvise a narrative together. When you record games like that, the final result is something akin to an audio play, which means what you're going to hear today is an improvised story. And here at OneShot, we are dedicated to trying out as many different role-playing systems as possible. And this week, I am so excited to tell you that we are playing a game that is right now in the process of being created by myself and my good friend, Patrick Rothfuss. With the hopes that one day folks like you who are at home listening right now might be able to tell your own stories in the world of Temerant. You're getting to hear this in part because last year, during the World Builders End of Year Charity Drive, one-shot listeners and King Killer Chronicle fans raised over $800,000 to fight extreme poverty through Heifer International. And during that fundraising campaign, Pat and I promised to run a game exactly like this as a reward for your good work. And frankly, everyone blew way the heck past that goal to the point where Pat and I are now collaborating on an upcoming, ongoing podcast based in the world of Temerant. But since we promised you a story on one shot first, we're starting here and treating it as a bit of an experiment. And I really like doing things in the open, even though most game design happens behind closed doors. This way, you'll get to listen to our story and see some of the rough edges and unpolished bits of this game system that we're going to be creating in front of your ears. Either way, through these episodes on One Shot and on the eventual dedicated King Killer show, you're going to be able to see how this system develops. As you listen to what I think is one of the most genuinely exciting things about all of this, new stories from the world of Tamarant. And along the way, get to learn new and exciting setting information and details about that world. As a fan of Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear, there are so many things I'm curious about. And I'm excited to do these podcasts because I think it's a great opportunity to investigate some of those questions in between novels. Whether you're a diehard one-shot hero or a Kingkiller fan who is dropping by for the first time and learning what this whole role-playing thing is all about, welcome. I sincerely hope you enjoy going on this journey with us. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. Alright heroes, let's meet our party for this week. And first up, a voice that should be familiar to all of you because you listen to Campaign Skyjacks. And that is Liz Anderson. Johnny baby. O'Mara. Yeah, it's Johnny O'Mara <laughs> who O'Mara. didn't see fit to show up for this recording. <laughs> Uh, no, indeed, he did not. It's Liz Anderson. Yeah, howdy, Liz. How are you doing? I'm, uh, you know, circumstances. <laughs> it's okay to say bad. It's okay to say bad. <laughs> it's okay. Well, it's actually mostly fine. But yeah, it's been it's a it's a wild time to be alive. You know, I I'm definitely feeling that, which is why I think we could use a little escapism in our lives right now. So my question to you for for this week is, what is your favorite fantasy trope? Oh, I think it comes up. But not in like some like mainstream fantasy. It's kind of like a niche high fantasy trope is the like the horny wizard. <laughs> 
Okay. Where, so like, let's drill down. What do you mean by the horny wizard? Uh, I have questions, what? and where can well, you like, point me where I can find them? <laughs> in like your dime store fantasy novels, you can always tell if the author was trying to be like, well, wizards fuck too. <laughs> <laughs> because it's always like it was the evil wizard in the tower capturing the maiden, that kind of thing. And the, just the, to make it clear, like, well, he's doing this because he wants to Okay. Fuck. <laughs> Just so you guys know. Yeah, so so kind of like Conan the Barbarian, there's a little there are some fucky wizards in there, but more like Elminster yeah. from D&D who the author of those books uh made it very clear that he did fuck uh quite a bit. Because it's also like the nerd analog. It's like oh, the, even the the nerdy people in this high fantasy can, you know, get get it in you know <laughs> good that's exactly how i would have referred to it when i was 14 i i can i can get it in <laughs> Disgusting. So the horny wizard oh. is very good liz i think you have really done a great job of introducing yourself to these folks uh so please plug your work where where can people find you please follow me on twitter at liz anderson underscore 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 it's still a bad one um but that's the too many lists out there you can follow my podcast paired or on the aforementioned campaign skyjacks or please at my new job please just invest in jackbox games Ooh. we are uh, it's a, it's a good time to be playing games remotely it's a fairly new job but it's been very lovely to be part of something that's kind of bringing people together that's that's sweet i i like nobody's ever plugged their day job before but i guess nobody else has had a good day (laughs) job so that makes sense uh let's let's move on to b b what's up what's up uh hello (laughs) b i gotta know Um, what is your favorite fantasy trope okay i play a lot of jrpgs yes um, yes this and i love i i also do love a good high fantasy book but my all-time favorite trope is when like the really vaguely attractive potentially he's never a himbo he's always too smart for that but he's always on the good side in the beginning and then he becomes evil and is the last villain of the game oh Um, okay i love that trope and i never get tired of it give me all the good evil guys or in the reverse where they're an evil guy um vegeta and then they become uh, a good guy (laughs) yes i I love vegeta he's my favorite we love vegeta (laughs) in this house Uh, (laughs) i like like that, yeah. The old switcheroo trope where someone's in one place at the beginning and they completely flip sides by the end. Uh, that's good. Never know where their allegiance will stand. Yeah, we love we love Azuko. B, I would like for you to uh, please tell the audience where they can find you and your works. Heck yeah, you can find me on Twitter and or Instagram as at Bianca Zelda. I am also a member of the Broadswords, an all women non binary D and D podcast. I also am a cast member of another podcast. It's a noir genre fate core called Facades of Gods. And I stream almost every day on the Broadswords Twitch. Come hang out. I play too many video games. Radical. We'll move on next to somebody who is coming on to One Shot for the first time. uh, And I'm so excited to greet on the air. That is Satine Phoenix. Satine. Hi, guys. Yay! I am so excited to finally get to play a role-playing game with you with microphones in front of us. Actually, I don't think we got to... We didn't play any role-playing games really on the ship, did we? No, you showed me all the card games. All yeah, of them. That's right. <laughs> so we're finally getting to role play together. That is very special to me. Uh yeah, me too. 
I want to know now because we're really just uh, understanding each other as players. Uh, what is your favorite fantasy trope? <sighs> okay, so this is I'm going to get some crap for this, but I just want to save the princess. Okay, can I just save the princess? I know she's not an object, but like I just want to. I want that hero complex. I just want to save the princess, and that's it. We do love to rescue people. Yeah, I mean, hey, there are plenty of, you know, interesting fantasy stories with that. I'm thinking of, you know, revolutionary girl, Utena, you know, they're constantly <laughs> rescuing Anthe, but it's, you know, subverting that trope at the same time that it satisfies. It. I know, That's I know crazy. I'm not supposed to like it, but deep <laughs> well, down inside, I really do. Insert <laughs> every Zelda game ever. It's like against everything I teach people. It's, it literally is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it's... It's my fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) It's my fantasy and I want it now. Yeah. We just like achievable, solid goals. And I think that's commendable. (laughs) Satine, where can the people find you and your work? I'm everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) If it says Dungeons and Dragons on it, I'm adjacent to it. You can find me at Satine Phoenix on all the things. If you want to check out my comic books or my uh, nonfiction on storytelling, That's at burningquill.com. Oh, the name is Action Heroine's Journey. I am the dungeon master for Sirens. It was an all-girl bard band, but now uh, Jason Charles Miller is our ally. He's on it. Uh, It's really fun. It's a Dungeons & Dragons live stream. And I am a professional dungeon master. And if you'd like to come and hang out at my table, go to patreon.com slash satinephoenix. I'm also a dungeon master coach and a player coach and a story coach. So... Just hop on in there and check out all the fun stuff. I'm very easy to access. Radical. And finally, I would like to introduce our last player for this game. And that is Patrick Rothfuss. Pat, welcome back to the show. Hey, James. Uh, how you feeling, Pat? You know, <laughs> what is it? Liz said, uh, kind of had that that pause. And then she said, fine like like pretty pretty fine and i'm like wow fine like like pretty fine is the new excellent um and uh but you know i i had a busy day it was pretty full and but now like into this recording i i actually feel great that's good i i am very excited because this is not the first time that you have played in tamarant but it is our first time using this role-playing system ever which is exciting i have played in tamarant but i have never been a player in tamarant i always run the tamarant games yeah, this will this will be exciting. I I just can't wait to make you watch me get it wrong all the time <laughs> across the table from you. That, that, that's fine, uh, Pat. Before we get rolling, I want to know what is your, or perhaps easier to answer, one of your favorite fantasy tropes. I'm really glad that Satine <laughs> led out with one that she's kind of has problems with, and she admits is problematic because maybe my favorite not specifically fantasy trope but it's one that i struggle with as a trope it is the love of a good woman Mm -hmm. and like it's it's a little problematic but you see it as far back as like gilgamesh but if you wanted to reframe it in a in a less problematic way it's really about the transformative power of love but oh no i said that now i feel worse (laughs) but yeah like there's something about that that i really 
it gets me every time. I mean, fantasy is is kind of a loaded place to be anyway. It's It's got a history and it's not always proud history. And we can't, but growing up on fantasy, you know, we get hooked on different tropes and not all of our tropes can be as non-problematic as horny wizard. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel my hands are clean. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that one. <laughs> well, the horny wizard's hands are not. Uh, I, yeah, but I, I mean, lay. the transformative power of love. I mean, come on, that rules as a trope. And you're right; it does go all the way back to Gilgamesh. And I'm I'm sure you meant the taming of Enkidu, but like, yes. really, Enkidu fucking left the wilds and showed up and immediately tamed Gilgamesh with a friendship fight. Which, like, that whole story is all about that. The first story that we saw fit to write down was about that. And that rules. Thank you for backing me up. However, first story written down, Inanna, Queen of Heaven and Earth, predates Gilgamesh by ages, written by a woman, about a woman, and Gilgamesh is her idiot kid brother. Wow. Um, I'll talk you a Dang. mile about Inanna, but that's for another day. Everything I learned in high school inevitably ends up being wrong. Uh, that's fine. But we are about to play a game in Temerant, which is the world from the King Killer Chronicles that is the setting for both The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear. Pat, could you please tell us a, a little bit about Temerant so folks who might not know the setting can orient themselves a little bit as we start? What I would love here is some help from everyone because I am not good at summary. And so what I would like is I would like everyone's bad pitch of Temerant. It's the lousy way you would describe it to somebody or the problematic way you would describe it to somebody. A lot of, back in the day, people used to say, oh, it's like Harry Potter, but for grownups, which <laughs> is, is a, you know, complimentary, but that's not what I want to be, mm -mm, you know? Not quite. Okay, okay. So my bad pitch, if you were you sincerely go. asking for a bad pitch, it's like the Princess Bride without all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm going to pull from my high fantasy. So it like, it's like the Wheel of Time series, but shorter and with more sex. Oh, mm. I'll take that. That's a great pitch. It's like Milwaukee, like 300 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are way better at this than I. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually not going to do it. I refuse because I'm not good at this. And you guys, the Princess Bride just stole that one. So I'm, I'm going to uh, tap out of this uh, one. So I, I, I will say it is a fantasy universe that has magic and it is looking at magic and really kind of the political economy of a fantasy universe from the perspective of someone who deeply, deeply loves science. Um, <laughs> not just hard sciences, but, but social sciences as well. So there is a richness and a realism to it, uh, but it still focuses on things like sympathetic magic and powerful uh, true names and fairy nonsense. There's there's like a background of poetry, but, you know, we are looking at it from the drafting table of somebody who's taken the time to work out all the numbers. That's That's very kind. I also sometimes, you know how people say, there's hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi, which is, again, a, a real problematic way of looking at science fiction. I like to think of that in fantasy as well, 
where it's like there's a lot of fantasy where it's like, so how do, how does a dragon fly exactly? And you're like, a magic. And like nobody does the math, but this is fantasy where I've done the math. You know, I don't show you the math because that shit gets boring. But like I worked hard to make a really cohesive world so the world could feel real, so the characters could feel real, so everything could feel real, which is weird as I say it out loud because what I'm making is a fantasy world. Anyway, don't you you really don't want to get me started because I'll talk forever. (laughs) No, that's exactly my thing. Right. So it felt so real and it really felt like it existed. Oh, yeah, it's just it's something that I read in a history book. Like, that's why it felt so like, oh, it's it's a normal universe, except for all the other stuff. (laughs) Well, I I hope that gives folks enough to be interested to hear more through our story. Saying that, I think it's time to begin our story. on the university. We open on the place where people have dedicated their lives to learning the secret turnings of the world. This is a sprawling campus full of students who while away their hours in the archives searching for books, in the artificery building the magical devices that make life just a little easier, in alchemy labs trifling with substances that could cause injury that would make you shudder to even imagine. The Medica, where hopefully people get put back together after suffering injuries that would make you shudder just to imagine. And of course, all of the common spaces on campus. And no common space is more spectacular than the questioning hall, which used to be known as the Hall of the Wind, a quad that is full of many exits that the wind dances through, moving without logic, without pattern, and with great ease. Leaves dance their way through the air as students sit in the sun. We are just about to turn semesters, and the world is pleasant. Though the sun is hot, the wind is sweet and soft on their skin. As we follow a leaf, we find our first adventurer. And I I would like to start, Pat, with your character. Where at the end of a semester would Volley be? If it's the end of the semester, do you mean classes have ended? Or have we just everyone finished admissions interviews for the next semester? I think classes have ended. Uh, we, we haven't started the admissions interview process yet. Some people, I, I think, are kind of ansily awaiting their chip to find out when they'll be having their interview. Actually, that draw happens in this courtyard. Is, is that our setting? Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I would be queued up for the random draw for a time 
that can be like either at the beginning of the span or the end of the span. And when you draw this chip means you either get an extra week to study for your exam or you got to do it tomorrow. And that's going to be determine your tuition for next year. So, uh, yeah, I'm queued up and talking to folks. Uh, Then, yeah, perhaps my description earlier was too quiet and pleasant as the Hall of the Wind can be a sweet place to lie (laughs) in the sun. But right now it is chaos. You can feel the hunger and fear emanating from so many people. Some of them might be on the verge of leaving the university, facing a tuition far too high to ever pay. Some are merely fearing shame, and others want to test themselves and see how much they can achieve. No matter what their aim, it all starts here with their draw. They will draw a chip that will tell them how much time they have to study before they will face the masters and be tested. So we see Volley in the midst of a large crowd. Pat, can you please tell us what Volley looks like? Give the audience an idea of who this person is. He is well-dressed, but not fancily dressed. Like, not a lot of embroidery or anything, but like good, clean, well-tended clothes that really means that he has some money that's it's pretty much the standard here Mm -hmm. he's a little taller than normal a little prettier than normal he's blonde he's long-limbed loose and has an easy smile and i've got to lean on this description once i thought of it in my head he is a friendly golden retriever of a boy he is a good boy (laughs) Um, Sweet boy. And what I would say is he's probably in there and what he's doing is he's looking at the different lines, like which one will move fastest. Also, which one am I going to get lucky and draw a good tile? And so and right now he's just looking and turning and looking and not making the choice. Excellent. I think we'll leave Volley there and I would like to cross campus a little bit. I want to cross campus to go to garlic because garlic does mean to be at the drawing. Everyone has to show up for the drawing. Uh, But garlic, you strike me as the type who might get distracted, who might busy themselves with a task and forget, ah, I have somewhere extremely important to be. So where is garlic when they realize that they are about to be late? I only have to cross-reference one thing, and I just wanted to double check and make sure the time's all lined up. And then I finally stepped out to, I stepped outside and I looked up at the sky and it was daytime. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> Hi, I think I have somewhere to be. Okay, so please describe the way garlic looks, uh, <laughs> keeping in mind that you have not slept. Because that's <laughs> clearly what happened. <laughs> garlic has uh, these really nice ringlets that are always just in this tangled mess. They sit nicely on the top of their head. They've got like dark, ashy skin from being outside or from being inside for far too long. Being inside um, in like a retired. dry environment too. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like ashy and dry. <laughs> they uh, they often visit chat for some like moisturizer skills because for some reason he's got some really good ones. <laughs> They're wearing uh, these like long tights, but the, the main attraction on short little garlic is this belt of books where they have these handcrafted <laughs> leather book covers where they can just insert 
any book that they happen to pick up into the book covers, wear it as a belt, and then they've got something like four or five books that they can just wear, and it doubles as a way to hold up their pants. Yeah. <laughs> I think you probably had to get special dispensation from Master Lauren to even wear that thing into <laughs> the archives because you know, he needed to really trust that you weren't going to take books out of the archives. Mm-hmm. It took a long time building that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and probably even longer sussing it out once it had been built. But yes, we, we see you standing in front of the archives, uh, one of the most impressive and domineering constructions on the campus of the university. It is a large building uh, that, when you consider what is inside, seems impossibly large. It is a building meant only to hold books, and a building built with the specific purpose of keeping those books safe. It has no windows. It is extremely tall. It is extremely vast inside, and it also goes deep underground. Thinking of all of the bits of knowledge grabbed from all corners of the earth, stacked here, put together in a silent and dark place. It's something that boggles the mind of most people, and for some, scrambles their mind. As we find Garlic realizing that they are late for their drawing, for their interview for next semester. What do you do, this Garlic? Oh, I blink in the light because it really hurts my eyes. And then I take off running. <laughs> uh, I've got really short legs and they only get me so far. But I will run until I see a familiar face. Somebody in line. I can maybe jump in. Oh, oh, I I, I want to know what, what's Garlic's frame like? Because I, I had first pictured Garlic as like kind of willowy. But I also now that you mentioned that they have short legs, like I picture them as a little chubby. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> Stocky. <laughs> so I think we see garlic running. And the thing about garlic running is that you designed this belt to fit you very comfortably through the archives so you could reference bits of your personal library while you are out hunting the stacks. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the spaces in your belt of books is reserved for your record of where different books are kept because sometimes the official university records can't be trusted and the process of reorganizing those books would be so nightmarish and uh, threaten to destroy organization systems uh, settled in other pockets of the archive that it's best just to make note of where they are. This belt of books was designed for a person who is not currently running. So you are Mm -hmm. struggling (laughs) to keep your belt on your body, which seemed like such a good idea when you finally got it made, but is now hurting you. I think the visual is really good because they're trying to, and it's it's a bulky belt, (laughs) and they can only wrap their arms around like a couple in the front or a couple in the back, (laughs) not both. So trying to run, pages are flapping, the books are just like, they're going everywhere, and garlic is not even running normally anymore. (laughs) They've got this horrible kind of like, one large step, a little foot drag, half a large step, hold the books together. But they're making progress. (laughs) Yes. Moving with singular purpose, trying not to drop things that are important to you. The wind once again sweeps us away from garlic. And 
garlic's like chaotic energy. The wind swirls and then starts to still and moves slowly and easily. And I would like us to find Amara. Where is Amara? And uh, Satine, I want you to uh, flip a coin for me right now. Decide on heads or tails uh, for a positive or negative emotional state for yourself. Um, let's mm. do tails for positive. All righty. Okay. Flip away. Negative. Negative. Okay. <laughs> so I think you have just drawn your tile. Where are you with the knowledge that your tile is probably causing you a great deal of stress? I am not prepared, and I spent the last two days getting my hair done, and (laughs) um, I should have been studying, and I think my tile says I have to go in tomorrow, and I need to go and talk to Garlic, because Garlic is the one that saves me from all of these things. (laughs) I will say the worst possible draw is this afternoon. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's tomorrow's still tomorrow's still pretty bad. Oh, it's super yeah. bad. Um so what 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 does Amara look like? Amara is about five seven and she has uh mousy blonde hair. She has hazel eyes and very fine, delicate features. She looks like a student in the way that if somebody described what a cartoon version of a student would be, she's like a little too perfect to that description. A little bit too much team spirit. Like, yeah, I'm wearing the thing. You're so you're supposed to do, right? You wear the sash and you wear like your hair is supposed to be like this. Like I'm this is why I'm I'm playing the part, right? Oh, so so this is like scholarly chic that we're getting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'm imagining her with her hair up and and may, maybe in like a bun with like pencils holding it in place. Um, but it's not even her hair that's a bun. She bought a wig that is a nicer <laughs> bun. So it's like perfectly curled and then she like wraps it around a ponytail. <laughs> yeah. So I I think you had I, I feel like at this point Amara wasn't even thinking about the fact that the semester was about to turn over. Oh no. And perhaps you 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 happened on here by pure luck. Does Amara show that she is in distress? For a second she shows it. She's like, oh huh. and then she sees Volley and like snaps out of it. And it's like, oh <laughs> I'm fine. I need to find garlic. And that's how she does it. When she's really upset, she talks through her teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And you're looking over the crowd. Uh, There are some people here who are also in similar states of distress, uh, maybe not containing themselves as well as you. There are some people openly wailing. Is there anybody not wailing because I would like to reach into my coin purse to see if I can pay somebody to take this. (laughs) What you'll see actually at, you know, at the, uh, during this period is if people have a good slot or a bad slot that they want to trade, they'll hold up their hands Mm -hmm. with like, like a certain number of fingers raised that indicates like what day they're on and either they're looking to buy or sell or trade. Oh yeah. She's, she doesn't see garlic, which would be her first thing to do is ask for advice. So she's now looking around for the hand that's like a week away. Okay. I love this. Um, let's get a cleverness uh, flip from you. Let's see. Your your base cleverness is two, which is all right. 
your best case scenario for this is going to be finding something a, a couple days away, but even that is going to be expensive. Your worst case scenario is going to be being just too late. Uh, knowing that you have the opportunity, if you would like, before flipping uh, to decide whether or not you want to spend resources on this. Uh, being aware that we've already kind of decided on our adventure scenario and this might not be super important. <laughs> then no, I will not spend resources on it. Uh, then flip for me. Okay. Heads. Okay. Uh, was that uh, you need to commit right now? Heads was bad for you last time. Uh, is it going to be bad for you this time as well? well? I should probably re-roll. We should probably decide that before. I... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, heads is bad. Heads oh, is yeah, bad. Whatever. I'll take bad. Bad's yeah. fun. That's a good story. So you are looking around for people with their hands up. Uh, you whirl around and you see someone with five fingers in the air. Never have five fingers looked more like salvation than this moment. You bolt through the crowd and you have to wedge yourself between two students who are very, very large and very, very strong, and they are not prepared for somebody who is as short as you. One of the unfortunate facts about the university is that, first, there are very few women who actually enter the Arcanum uh, in the university as established in the books, which means that you, as uh, someone who's on the medium-high side, sometimes uh, can't see over crowds very well. And the other thing that is unfortunate about students at the university is a lot of them are really wrapped up in their own shit. Uh, <laughs> Which means they are not paying attention to you as you try and cram yourself between them. You manage to pull yourself through the other side with a few sharp words to both of them. You look through just as you see somebody handing over a few coins from a purse to the person who used to have their hand in the air. You whirl around looking for hand after hand and find yourself arriving at each person trying to auction off their chit just a bit too late then and i would like to scream and then <laughs> gather myself and walk <laughs> yeah I, I think you're just like looking around and you turn around and like scream in frustration and you're like actually because you are a student at the university you're very wrapped up in your own shit and you don't <laughs> notice that you essentially scream in the face of a pale and ghostly looking boy who is terrified on his best day he could never think to talk to a woman and today a woman is screaming directly in his face uh, he just backs away nervously tripping as he goes Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. I hope you're enjoying our story so far because I really came to love these goobers as we recorded. Before we get back to it, I wanted to take a moment to mention that some of the music in this episode is original music composed for this recording by my good friend Arnie Parrott. Arnie is a composer and performer who works at many renaissance fairs around the country, or did work at many renaissance fairs around the country when there were renaissance fairs around the country, but also composes a lot of music for podcasts. And it just so happens he's a fan of the King Killer Chronicles. 
so he jumped at the chance for making some music for the world of Temerant. If you're curious about his work, you can follow some of his links in our show notes. This isn't the first time that Arnie has composed original music for a fantasy world. In fact, on my other podcast, Campaign Skyjacks, Arnie has composed a lot of original music for our world of Sphere. And just like the music you heard here, it was composed using instruments that would exist in that world, and written from the perspective of a character living in that world. So that's just something really cool I wanted everyone to know about. Next up, I wanted to let everyone know that my good friend and frequent guest on this show, John Patrick Cohen, is hosting a 24-hour charity stream over on Twitch this Sunday, June the 27th. And in the 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. slot, me and my spouse Mel are going to appear on that stream playing Apex Legends. All of that money is going to the Chicago Community Bond Fund and their local partners, Black Lives Matter Chicago, Chicago Freedom School, and Brave Space Alliance. And I'm also happy to announce that the OneShot Network is going to match the first $500 of donations sent into that drive. So be sure to watch our social media later this week for more information about this drive. And be sure to show up to the Twitch stream from 3 to 5 p.m. Central Time to watch me, Mel, and JPC play some Apex Legends. And please, if you can, contribute to these wonderful organizations and join us in the fight for justice. Finally, before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Brian Sheldon, thank you so much. Lizette Chapa, thank you. Maggie Chaplin, thank you very much. Andreas, thank you. Matt Branton, thank you very much. And Dylan Hitt, thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. This show would not be possible without your support. The money folks give us on there pays our performers, editors, musicians, and keeps me in my home. If you like what you hear here and you want to hear more, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to support us. In return, you get some amazing bonus content on there, including a lot of world-building discussions between me and Patrick Rothfuss. Thanks again to everyone who supports us and everyone who's going to sign up in the future. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. And we return once more to the wind. The wind carries us across campus, carries us to a place that will very, very soon be a hotbed of activity. The Hall of the Masters, where currently there is a student on the horns. Liz, I would like you to please describe your character. This is Chet, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Chet. Uh, remind me, what is, what is on the horns? On mean? the horns is when you have done something wrong and you are currently in front of the masters uh, basically being chewed out, and they're going to vote on whether or not you should be punished. Perfect. Great. Awesome. All right. This is Chet, everybody. As I said, Chet is uh, a beefy, short, beefy little beef man. Very strong, but not that strong. He currently has his feet up on a desk in front of him and a hat on his head because he is asleep. Um, (laughs) Chet is covered in like kind of like fine patterns, but definitely like very garish colors, almost as if he were wearing like a very bright plaid or 
uh, something that's drawing a lot of attention. Uh, he's got nice, wavy, sun-kissed hair, and as I said, just completely out. Uh, <laughs> and just uh, has no... Uh, is extremely hungover at this moment. Okay, um, I am right now going to flip some coins for the Masters uh, to see exactly who is upset in this moment, uh, just so we can gather how bad your situation actually is. Who's mad? Okay, uh, this is kind of a lucky flip for you. Well, also, is our the odds against me? The odds, I don't think necessarily needed to be against you, uh, but you did need to be here. Okay. So you got yeah, then I won't you got uh, a, a pretty good flip. So we, we pan across the faces of the masters. We can see the Archchancellor who appears to be annoyed on multiple fronts. He is casting daggered glares at both you and some of the other masters who happen to be with him. The reason that they call this on the horns is you're in front of a basically U-shaped desk where you are surrounded on all sides by the masters. Moving down the line, we see Master Kilvin, who also appears to be a little bit bored and annoyed. He is grumbling to himself, his thick, meaty hands flexing with a little bit of impatience. We see Master Hem, who is looking at you as though you are a poisonous spider that is about to be squashed in front of him. And joining him, of course, is Brandur, who is also casting just a withering glance in your direction. There's Elxadol. He, he is trying to put on a professional face. Lauren is unreadable as ever. And then the last is Master Elodin, who has a grin on his face, who is just smiling at you and so happy to be here in this moment right now. Gentlemen, the charges are behavior unbecoming and insulting a master. Are there any, is there any defense that you would like to offer? I said, what is Chet's last name? Uh, 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 it is, uh, uh, Goldbrook. Mr. Goldbrook. Oh! Mr. Goldbrook, is there any defense that you would like to offer? We have interviews in a matter of hours. Well, howdy, Masters. So good to see you. What's the occasion? Everyone's looking good, Hexadol. Doing great. How's everyone? How's the wife? Good. All right. What's all this? What's all this business? Uh, what do I owe the pleasure? Eladin throws his head back and just barks laughter into the air and claps. The Archchancellor like pounds his fist on the desk. Please, please. Oh, Mr. Goldbrook. Loud stuff. Loud noises. Don't like that. It seems the only time that I hear your name on this campus is when you are about to be brought up on one charge or another. About to be. Keyword. I, I would like to know if you have anything to offer to prove your innocence in this matter or, better yet, to claim guilt. Well, firstly, I'm going to need a refresher on this here charges because, you know, your, your guy gets around. Oh, you know exactly sure. what your charges are. Uh, uh, who spits. are you again? <laughs> who am I? <laughs> who am 
Why, indeed, I wish to add another charge. Oh, it's him. It's him. Hi, him. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I always forget. It's just too short. It just falls right out of the brain. So I apologize. I apologize. I assume that I'm here because of my wanton ways, and I assure you I apologize, and I will pay whatever fines are necessary, but I think I gotta go, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> I suggest that we just put the matter to a vote. So at the beginning of this little trial here, you really only had two masters who were against you. (laughs) But after that performance, there were two masters who were trying to be professional and the Arch-Chancellor. I I don't think Kilvin really cares that much about this decorum, especially you're not one of his students. I'm going to flip these others to see if they have changed their minds. Uh, you have lost one. <laughs> and you have, in fact, lost two. So as, as the vote goes up, uh, we can see that, of course, Hem and Brandur vote for your guilt. The Arch-Chancellor... Uh, puts up an irritated palm as well in the vote. But the other three don't seem to care. Elodin has kind of already started packing up. Now, there's the matter of what the punishment will be. Uh, uh, (laughs) Master Lorm, could you please tell us, well, in a case like this, I would expect the student has offered financial compensation, though we could also seek lashings. I seek lashings, public, and an apology. Well, whatever is going to get the campus to taste of my body, I do not mind it. I've been working on these pecs. They deserve a treat. Now... We, uh, there is like some quiet, like mutterings between different chancellors as, as the arch chancellor like pounds on the desk, once again, trying to convene with order. If that is all you have to offer in defense of yourself, then I suppose we'll just put it to another vote. We love Uh, voting here, don't we? Can I vote? Ah, I say yes. We love voting, yeah. Uh-huh. I'd raise my hand because I'm voting. Um, I'm, I'm like I am going to see if uh, I'm going to take all of the negative votes against you and see if, uh, well, I mean, I know <laughs> I know at least two are really committed to go after you, but we'll see how <laughs> everyone else cares about your punishment. So it seems that... This was a little bit closer. After the masters finish convening, Lorne goes, We believe a just punishment for insulting a master in the manner that Hem described is ten talent to be delivered to the bursar's office with immediate haste. After that, we have decided to, on conduct unbecoming, to forego lashings in favor of 20 talents to be fined once again and paid immediately. Is that understood? That's it? Yes, that is it. Y'all, I am so excited. Y'all marked me for 50 talents like two years ago, and that was a pretty penny out of my pocket, but now I'm going to be able to go on vacation with enough to spare. Thank you and thank you. All right, is that it? I will be on my way. (laughs) 
We are adjourned. Masters, make your way and prepare for interviews. People start filing their way out of the room. Elodin passes you and just pats you on the shoulder. No, we do uh, a low five for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's like kind of an elaborate high five that you just <laughs> sort of like find your way into. The arch chancellor comes up to you specifically. Mr. Goldbrook. Mr. Arch. <laughs> I appreciate that you are in some cases, unfairly brought before us. Yeah, well, it's no skin off my teeth. Your behavior in these meetings makes it very difficult to serve justice in the way I imagine the university would prefer. And though I'm sure the bursar won't complain about it, you would just have to change your behavior a small bit. Or better yet, choose a discipline. You have been an Elyr for as long as you have been here. You make a great point. But also the way I see it, doing it the way I want to, means that I still get to do what I want to do. That's my priority, doing what I want to do. And the other thing means I don't get to do what I want to do, so I'd rather not because I love doing what I want to do. You know... Hey Arch, hey Arch, man, what you what you what you what you what you want to do? What ain't they letting you do? I would like to go a semester without seeing you in front of a disciplinary Boo. hearing. Boo. That is what I want to do. Don't want any drinks. You don't want to dance in the moonlight in, while you're buck naked nude. You don't want to do any of that fun stuff. I mean, gotta make some the courses for you. that Master Elodin takes with you are your business and his alone. <laughs> That's what I will say is that if your aim is to go on a vacation, I suggest you take some time and really think about how you want to apply yourself here. There are many things that you can learn, Mr. Goldbrook, and you can learn them all here. But it will be very difficult if you do that immediately after a hearing such as this. With that, the Arch-Chancellor sighs and makes his way out of the room, leaving you in the horns. Uh, Chet, you also know that uh, after this hearing, you really only have a little bit of time if you want to make your way over to the questioning hall to get sorted. Chet kind of gathers himself, pats himself down where he's like obviously dusty from a night of partying. And then makes his way out real slow, sauntering. Uh, the song Lowrider is playing. <laughs> and then he's just making his rounds through campus, like talking to, Hey, Bobby, there was nice coffee this morning. Oh, Annabelle, how's the wife? Doing good. Took my advice. All right. Sounds good. And making their way. Yeah. You are wandering around campus and you seem to know everyone you pass. And they seem to know you in turn. There are friendly waves. There are giggles and whispers as you make your way past. And you find yourself in front of the questioning hall, falling into step right next to an extremely tired and still running, but barely now, garlic. Oh, hey. Sorry, didn't mean to run into you. I just have a lot. What's wrong, my little bulby buddy? What do you mean, what's wrong? We have to be going. Come on, let's go. Let's get in line. What are you doing? The line's right there. We're going to saunter out over. We're not close enough. We have to go find somebody in line. We're like, we're so far behind. What if we get a really bad... 
We can't. I think I'm out of breath and I'm nervous. How are you, Chet? Well, if life were full of its and buts, then I would have... I haven't figured out the end of that sentence yet, but I'll get there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (sighs) But listen, I just had a great meeting with all of our deans. They sound like they're doing... They're, they're doing great. I owe them quite a bit of money, but that's fine. Uh, oh, but you're yeah. still a student. <laughs> I, I, I really, really like that uh, Chet calls them deans. <laughs> yeah. as they're, they're not deans, but I think you call them deans because wherever you're from, the person in charge was named Dean. That's all those authority figures. Yeah, for, for any authority figure, they're a dean. <laughs> <laughs> it's your dad's name. <laughs> but I'm doing fine. I'm just here going to spend time with my good friend Garlic, and then maybe I'm going to go back to sleep because I'd love to do that. Well, we should find somebody else in line because, like, I, I don't think it's really okay that we're so far behind. I can't wait an hour. Yeah. Uh, squinting uh, sort of, like, at the crowds, uh, you can see that these lines are very, very long. Uh, it feels like every student on campus has now lined up. I would like, let's see, Chet, your charm is is just through the roof. Uh, so I don't, <laughs> I don't think you'd even need to flip for it. You look through the crowds for people that you know, and immediately your eyes land on Volley, who is fairly close to the front of one of these lines. Hey, Volley! Volley! Hey, Volley! Hey, Volley! And, and I'll be can, like, can we cut? And, hey, and actually, I'll, I'll, I'll wave and just seamlessly, I'll be like, earnestly ask the person, I'm like, it's cool we let Chet in, right? Like, why wouldn't it be cool? We've both been standing here for an hour, but like, it's cool, right? <laughs> I don't think he can hear me. Bye! Bye! Maybe let's move closer. No more shouting. Chet, I would like you to to make a flip to sort of insinuate yourself into this line and see how cool it is. Yeah, uh, but decide what what side is positive or which side is negative for, for heads. You. And I got heads. Okay, I think so heads that, makes sense. Okay, uh, so yeah, he- heads being positive, like this person's like, oh, for Chet, sure, yeah. Oh, that's Thomas. Thomas, I know what you need. I got some of that nice little herb you were looking at. It's some of my nu- my newer strains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you there's there you pat you pass something that's been made up to look like an apothecary's packet. Uh, over um, and he he pockets it and goes hey I would do any favor for you Chet thanks for helping me out last semester I really needed it Thomas I support you emotionally and physically I need you to know that you're my rock Chet now get out of line please I need to say that. <laughs> get out of the line <laughs> Thomas Thomas just shakes his head like in a positive way and goes that's Chet, and walks all the way to the end of the what? line, happy as could be. Oh. Garlic doesn't understand, but they are, they're just glued to Chet's hip, like, okay, yeah, this is fine, all right, let's move in. Hmm. Hey, Volley. How's it going? Hey. You look stressed. How'd Why are you so stressed? Oh, you know, you just never know what you're going to draw. How'd it go, uh, how'd it go with the Masters? 35 talents, baby, yeehaw. There's still a student, and I don't understand why. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I probably get to the front of the line, and like while I'm still a little boggled by that, I just like dip my hand into the sack and 
really rummage around. Like, I really want to get lucky on this draw to the point where people do start to look, you know, um, and pull out. You have two days. Hmm. Uh, uh, could, could be worse. Could be worse. Garlic? That's really excellent. I mean, if I get anything later, I'll happily trade two days as the ideal amount of time to study because you can just like, you can stay awake for almost 24 hours and just really, really look at the books. But then when the words start to fuzz, you have to kind of slow down. But I'll, I'll, I'll see what I get. And they will reach up and they're, they're rummaging. They just grab like the first coin at the top of the bag. All right. Ooh, that is going to be tomorrow afternoon. I can, yep, that's right. I can work with this. I just have to skip sleeping for two more days and this will be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is fine. How about you, Chet? Uh, what was that? Because Chet was just talking to someone. <laughs> Chet just you made are... a date. Yes. <laughs> so I was saying I got this nice new horse. It is tall. It's the tallest horse I've ever seen. Have you ever seen a tall horse? Think about two times bigger and then just shuffling. Chet is hand. talking to the person <laughs> holding the bag. Yeah. Have you ever seen? How was the biggest horse you've ever seen? The biggest horse I've ever seen? <laughs> the biggest horse you've ever seen. Gosh, I don't know. Like, gosh, I actually don't know. <laughs> well, you got to come see my new horse. It's bigger than that. Uh, come on, Chet. Like the biggest horse I've ever seen. I've just been around so many horses, you the know? The biggest horse you've ever seen. My dad's a horse trader, Chet. The biggest I must have seen a bigger horse. Yeah. Ever seen. <laughs> and then they pull out, he pulls out the coin. I think the longest time is like six days, right, Pat? It'd Absolutely. Be nine days from now. Oh, nine days? Absolutely. Nine days. <laughs> Fantastic. Looks like your guy's going back to bed, everybody. I hope you have a good day, friends. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you. He turns over to start walking away. At this time, away. Amara, I think you happen upon the group. Hi, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, hi. Hi, Amara. You're doing, you're looking very tense, very rigid. Amara, you're doing your teeth talking. Yeah. I have it tomorrow. I have to go in tomorrow. Did you guys get a better draw? Mm, not really. The hold up there's day and a half. Oh, do you want, I've got two days. You want? You want mine two days oh, from now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's Here. a good trade you two oh, are thanks. making. A fair trade between the two of you. <laughs> What'd you get, Chet? <laughs> no, man, it's been fun. <laughs> how many, how, how many days Chet, is that? What this did you get, Chet? Just a, and, I'm, and she's like up in Chet's face. Chet, what did you get? Just a little bit short of Fortnite. It's a no, no big deal. <laughs> a, Chet, you don't even care. You don't even study. It's not like you're going to spend this entire week studying. You don't know that. Oh, we know you. We know. We We all know. Yeah, we do know. Yeah. We know. I've been hoisted on my own petard, it seems. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just trade? It's not going to make a difference to you. What can you offer me? (laughs) What do you want, Chet? What do you got? (laughs) I got a big horse. Can you beat that? (laughs) Well, and I just pick up my money bag and I'm like I have money Mm. a fair point but I also have money (laughs) yeah well you know I don't know I can get you an invitation oh 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 do tell you want to meet some fancy people I can I can get you into some of the fancy places oh all right how about I'll trade you your bag of money to add to Mm -hmm. my money Mm -hmm. and then you owe me three parties 
three introductions, three parties, and then I have to meet at least one noble. All right? Okay, here's the thing. Mm. Yes to all of that on one condition. You have to wear shoes to all three parties. You can't do this to me. You cannot do this to me. <laughs> two parties. Shoes at two parties. This is my reputation. This is cutting me right to the quick, and I'm upset, and I hope you understand that. I don't need to do this. Two parties. Can I at least wear sandals? Yes. You got a deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I guess I got to go take a shorter nap. Hey, everyone. Uh, does anybody, is anybody willing to trade? I, 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 mm. I've got nothing to work with now. It's like tomorrow morning. I'm doing the math in my head. Uh, Would anybody like the extra six hours? Oh, gosh. That's that's pretty bad. What, what about mm. you, Chet? How, what, what do you have? Wait, what do I have? I forget. Today? Tonight? Two days. Two days? Nah. What do you got? Uh, I got around two days, too. I, I'm just so unprepared. Uh, you see somebody who is like a, a, a fairly tall kid who looks to be in his early 20s. He's got freckles across his face, and he's just very pale from being mostly an inside boy. <sighs> I figured you'd be my last chance. Most people have already swapped out their chits by now. Uh, nobody's given up a good spot at this point. I'm just in deep, y'all. I'm in real deep. Yeah, join the club. <laughs> we can have a study party. I mean, I've always wanted one, but it's okay if you don't. I mean, I, I get it. I just, I have plans sitting in some darkness with the book. No study party's gonna save me. I dropped some reagents the other day. Mm. Now, thankfully, no one was hurt, but they're going to be on me. Boy, that sounds like a you problem for sure. <laughs> okay. I sympathize and empathize with that issue. But but that's not going to be a matter of a couple of days. You got to you got to take off like you got to take off, take a break, take a walk. Do you really think it's that bad? You act, you're acting like it. I mean, so. yeah. your attitude makes me feel this way. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I figured if I answered some questions good, like I could get past it. But do you think I should really take time off? Well, I heard about it before you came around here. So, yeah. I mean, oh, no, no, you didn't. You're please tell me you're done joking. Traveled. We're done. Did travel all I, the way to here where I just heard it right now. I mean, it'd be one thing to drop just your own stuff you were working on for your own project and you kind of do it by yourself, but like right out in the hall. I mean, nobody can use that hall. That's how I heard. Very disappointed. Uh, I loved that hall. <laughs> oh, Hey, the hall is going to be back in working. Or like none of it sticks around. It just, some flagstones need to be replaced. Mm. That shouldn't be a big deal. It's exactly. Hazard. It won't be a big deal in a while, but like for four days as everyone has to like walk to the other side of the building. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I'm just saying it's, I mean, this, I'm really upset happens. I had to, about this thing I just heard for sure. <laughs> I, I took a, I took a term off a while back. It was nice. You did? Yeah. You, it was a good time. Well, why, why did you do it? Uh, well, I had a real, and, and he's kind of, you see him stop and think, and he's like, well, I had a really early slot and I kind of, I mean, there was, there was a mistake or two, but also I hadn't really done that well that semester. I mean, it's better to take a walk than to get locked in and like never be able to come back. I mean, I, I had heard that you, that, that when, when you have to go, they like drop hints or something. 
Well, the hint is they give you a tuition that's like, you know, 80 talents. Well, yeah, I would, I would prefer not to actually get the tuition. I mean, if I can take some time off, but like, I, I heard rumors that, you know, they'll, they'll like make themselves known, at least if you got an ally in there. I'm assuming that's Master Mandrag. And he's, uh, it was his reagents and it's his hallway. Like, so Mandrag didn't, but I think Lauren did. <sighs> That's where I'm at. The biggest hint I've got is from Lauren, which could just be him being him. Oh, like he, you know, he talked to you about something? He pulled me aside. <laughs> uh, he pulled me aside and, and just, and, and, you know, he recommended that I should do some reading, right? And that could be anything, right? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Garlic, can you translate for this? Uh, I mean... So how are you going to enjoy your semester off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. What am I going to do? Amara's art, like, right when the kid walked up, she heard everything that went down and just walked away until the kid goes away. <laughs> Holding it, she doesn't want to be seen. She's like, uh, doesn't want to be seen with this guy. Chet's eating a whole muffin, and but at the sound of like 80 talents, they've been charging me 90 for the past two semesters. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be kidding, that's not real. No one has 90 talents. We don't know why he's still here. Nobody knows (laughs) for the good company of my friends, garlic and. Little boy, who are you? <laughs> Smith. Smith. First name, the last name. Everybody just calls me Smith. It's a combination of my first name and my last name. What? Is this a word puzzle? <laughs> no, it's not a word puzzle. It's just if you were going to know who I was, which we talked for like three hours at a party like <laughs> last month. <gasps> Smith. Yeah. yeah. You're bored as hell. <laughs> That's what you said when we talked last, too. <laughs> and I tried to fix it, and looks like you didn't do it. Oh, I guess I'm going to weigh my options. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Good luck, we'll Smith. Smith kind of hangs his head and walks away. <laughs> oh, good. Smith. Hi, guys. Oh, you're back. Hey. Where'd you go? Uh, somewhere else. Just That's not fair there. enough. You can see, like, the dawning rift, like, the sun slowly coming out on on. As he looks at his thing, he's like, you know, one of the masters did pull me aside last year. And that's when I kind of, why well, I, I told you guys, like, I had that great time. I went out. I'm picking up your fucking accent check. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I went out. I had that great time. I panned for gold. I mean, I didn't find gold, but I panned the hell out of that stream. Oh, I bought that rig from that guy to pan from that stream i mean but but i did it was still a good time i didn't hit it rich but also i didn't get like a huge tuition when i came back and now i'm realizing that i was actually doing better that semester than i did this semester and if i'm testing tomorrow i might have to give it a think too i might have to take a walk garlic I'm going to turn to you now, too, because you had, I think, originally your brain was on studying, putting together, you know, what your plan was going to be, knowing, well, I can't sleep, so I'll just be 
getting coffee here and, uh, you know, doing this to Mm -hmm. put together my study schedule, to work things out for myself. And then people started talking about traveling. And the goal here on your character sheet is to experience an adventure and bond with companions like you've read about in books. (laughs) Uh, Oh, baby. So I'm going to put to you, I will offer you a drab. I'll offer you a drab. You can uh, put it wherever you like amongst your different stats. Um, And if you take it, your thoughts will be filled with adventures in far off places. I mean, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. You have a drab. It, it is not inc- a permanent increase, but uh, you can use it as you like for the duration of this adventure. Perfect. Um, and yeah, garlic. Suddenly when you hear Volley talking about panning for gold, you have a vision a vision of the place that you've always wanted to be. What is that place like? Could you describe it for us so we can picture it too? It is, um, I think the word, it's a term I've never actually said out loud. Um, You know, like an alcove, but like an island alcove. So like if you go through a cave, then you end up and it's just like on the side of a mountain, there's like this hidden island area and it's small and sequestered, like a bay. Maybe that's the word. I think think it might be a cove. Lagoon, a cove. I don't know. A lagoon might also be it. The definition of any of these words, truthfully, I've used them probably incorrectly my whole life. Water place. I mean, is geography even real? <laughs> no. How could Who's we know? Say? There's no way to know. If no one can remember it, how can the words mean anything at all? Um, but yeah, so so you're you're on a lagoon. So like I, I'm picturing kind of like a sunny beach. Oh yeah. And as we're like seeing this in Garlic's mind, uh, mind's eye, who are they there when they're on that beach? What are they doing? What, what do they look like and how is it different from who they are right now? Um, their like most ideal version of themselves is almost slightly Chet inspired, which is a little unfortunate. But, you know, <laughs> you always want what you can't have. <laughs> and it's just like this image of them no longer ashy and pale-esque. And they've got these super cute swim trunks on and maybe like a magnifying glass. And they're like sitting in the sand checking out some crustaceans. And there's some like in the background, you see the blurry images of all their friends. And, like, that is just, like, a true moment of happiness for them. Yeah. So, like, your mind is overwhelmed by that. And you wake up because you feel yourself shift suddenly. You have just fallen asleep standing up. Oh, um... What were we talking? Hey, so um, you said panning for gold. That sounds like really good cardio. Is that a place you could ever take us to? Well, yeah, I, re- I remember where that was. There was, uh, it was a great place. Everyone was real friendly. What about panning for gold, but like not panning for gold, but like something other than panning for gold? Because that's not super fun. But maybe riding a horse. Not a big horse, Chet. That horse scares me, and I will not ride it. But it's very kind. I've seen what it does. Other animals, and maybe on a road with well, maybe some of us. Well, I, I will say that. I mean, I had a great time there, but that was rough country. Like there was bandits. I mean, that was a plus for me. And I, I heard there was bandits, and people were trying to. They said they should come along, and I should hire them. But I was like, no. 
I would like to meet some bandits. I would love to make the road safe for humanity. And I was waiting to get attacked a lot. I just, I actually rode around just for a while waiting to get jumped. And <laughs> volley, that does not volley. sound fun. Volley, I know we've talked about this before, but you are completely inscrutable to me. <laughs> I do not understand you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I haven't been screwed in a long time. Uh, so it's not just you. Disgusting. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chet, like you're you're kind of sniffing something on the wind right now. I feel a tingling in my toes. A few minutes ago, all of your friends were talking about studying really hard over the next couple of days. And now suddenly everybody's talking about hanging out somewhere else. Road trip. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> Road trip, road trip, road trip, road trip. Only good idea you've ever had, Chet. Is that a good idea? Chet is like hanging from trees, climbing on different walls, yelling it over at people. Yeah, I'm gonna bring snacks. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more from the world of Tamarant and the Kingkiller Chronicle. A special thanks to our guest editor this week, Casey Tony. You can hear more of his work on our other flagship show, The Campaign Skyjacks podcast, or his own podcast, Neo Scum. While you're waiting for that, I encourage you to check out some of the other amazing gaming shows on the One Shot Network, like Campaign Skyjacks. In Skyjacks, four Sky Pirates work together to prevent their ship from falling into chaos while protecting their shared secret. The captain is dead. For six months, they have pretended he is alive using necromancy and clever lies. But their luck is running out. Join Gable, the seven-foot-tall gender-fluid warrior played by Liz Anderson, Travis Matigo, the ageless changeling con artist, Jonnet Kessler, the plucky 15-year-old who dreams of one day being captain, and Dref Wormwood, the nervous doctor who practices forbidden medical necromancy on the side, aboard their skyship, the Uhuru. Campaign Skyjacks is an anti-colonial folktale punk game set in a world inspired by the music of the Decemberists and the board game Illimat. It can be found wherever you get your podcasts or at oneshotpodcast.com. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, I want to encourage everyone to call their representatives. Whether you're out protesting for Black Lives Matter or contributing to organizations that are fighting the good fight, you can always be doing more. And if you don't have the funds to make donations or for health and safety reasons can't attend protests, calling your representatives is a great way to stay engaged and keep pressure up to get meaningful change. 
While the protests have clearly shown themselves to be effective, they will be more effective when backed with steady public pressure outside of the protesting sphere. And that means calling your representatives to voice your support for Black Lives Matter on the state and municipal level. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find contact information for your representatives, lists of different issues you can call about, and scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you make your points clearly. Calling is quick, easy, and a necessary component for social change. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.